Welcome to Table 1025. Hi, I'm Jen. Hey, this is Dawn. Hi, this is Deb. And I'm Jody. We're real women who gather around the table to connect with God and one another through real life conversations. So grab a coffee and pull up a chair. Welcome to the table. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Table 1025. We have covered several topics leading up to this one, and this will be our last episode of the season. Um, We have been on a journey talking about vulnerability, loyalty, surrender, and acceptance. Today, we are going to explore the topic of betrayal, hurt, and conflict. And I really think without the foundation of those other topics, this one becomes super hard. Mm -hmm. But we will walk down a discussion that will just bring us to what those words mean and non-negotiables for us and um, just some action steps we'll end up with. So I think as we dive in, we are going to look at some definitions of those specific words being betrayal, hurt, and conflict. Um, uh, before we get started, I just want to say, can you believe that this, this is our last episode for crazy. season one? Yep. It's crazy. And can you believe that we're ending on such a fun topic? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like leaving them all with, yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I know it's a tough topic. I struggled a little bit with just really focusing on these things, but this is a reality. We all experience hurt. We're all in conflict at some point in time, usually during the day. We have at least one conflict a day, and we've all experienced betrayal. And I think it's just important that we talk about these things. I think um, we try to avoid things like this. Most people do. And when you look in scripture, specifically the Gospels, um, Jesus never avoided it. And there was a whole lot of it going there on. There was a whole lot of it. Yeah. And so I just think it's important that we discuss it. So I have the definition of conflict. And again, like we have in the last several episodes, we're using the 1828 Dictionary. Um, here are some of, there's multiple definitions. I am going to go with a fighting, um, a striking or dashing against each other. Ah, that's more like actual fighting. Contention. Here we go. Contention, strife, contest. Um, struggling with difficulties, uh, striving to oppose or overcome. Here's one that's connected to a scripture or a chapter, Colossians 2, a struggling of the mind, distress, anxiety. Mm, That's a good one. The word striving really jumped out at me. That last one, a struggling of the mind, distress, or anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. That one really struck me. So I have the definition of betray. And there's multiple definitions. Uh, 
One says, to deliver into the hands of an enemy by treachery or fraud in violation of trust. Um, and it references Matthew 17, when the Son of Man shall be, betra be betrayed into the hands of men. Uh, second definition, to violate by fraud or unfaithfulness as to betray a trust. Um, third, to violate confidence by disclosing a secret or that which was entrusted or to expose. To A fourth definition, to disclose or permit to appear what is intended to be kept secret or what prudence would conceal. And let's see, the fifth definition, to mislead or expose to inconvenience not foreseen. Sixth one is to show, to discover, to indicate what is not obvious at first view or would otherwise be concealed. And the last one is to fail or deceive. Hmm. The words that stuck out to me were unfaithfulness, fraud, and deceive. Um, and now I'm going to read a couple definitions of the word hurt. To bruise. To wound, to injure or impair the sound state of the body. To harm, to damage, to impair. To wound, to injure, to give pain to, as to hurt the feelings. So the intention of reading those definitions was to separate them out. And that really came up for me, Jody. Um, I've just noticed in the last several years that those words seem to have been meld together. In other words, are we really understanding what those words mean? And when we um, say that someone has betrayed us, have they truly betrayed us? Or has it been my response to a given situation? Do I really understand what betrayal is? Do I really understand what conflict is? Do I really understand what hurt is? You get what I'm saying? totally get what you're saying and in today's culture I think it is readily visible everywhere we look and when you were talking about that Jody, an old saying that my mom told me all the time growing up was sticks and stones may break my bones but yep. words will never hurt you <laughs> and yep that was supposed to toughen me up but the the reality is sometimes words do hurt actions do hurt. Um, so when we're talking about distinguishing between betrayal, real betrayal, is it hurt? Is it simply a hurt or is it a conflict? Mm -hmm. And those different words mean different things. And I think when we try and turn something that um, is perhaps a hurt and I know, Jen, you said this earlier, you know, is it, does the other person even know that they have hurt us? 
Are we keeping it in? Have we communicated it? Um, so in our brains, do we sit there and mull over it and turn a hurt that could be resolved by communicating? Um, do we turn it into a betrayal in our minds? Mm-hmm. That's a path. I think a lot of people go down. I've done it in cases. I know I have. Oh, I know I have too. Does hurt have to do more with your feelings? Like, is it more of a feeling? Well, according to the definition, um, there was the hurt to bodily harm, and then there was the hurt, and it included feelings. There is physical and emotional hurt. I think sometimes it's easier to deal with the physical hurt. Well, yeah. (laughs) And I see in society, like, people spouting their feeling hurt, you know, when, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the words to address this. Um, well, we all can address what it's like. You know, what is it like for us when we get hurt? What comes up for us? For me, my pride has been yeah. touched somehow. And that relates to expectations that I have placed on that other person of how they're supposed to be treating me. Yeah, my reaction is often to strike back. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm hurt, then they better be hurt too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, that, yeah, you attacked me, so therefore that gives me the right to attack you back. Mm -hmm. And that's not to um, belittle being hurt you know when I said that earlier I'm not belittling being hurt because being hurt's a real thing and we all experience that um I think if I was to approach it as scripture tells me to approach it um I need to look beyond myself in those instances I need to look at that person um with a question. I mean, I've had to learn that um, in some very, very close relationships within my um, close family. Um, And I think as parents, as our kids grow older, we even have to be able to approach it differently. So, Let's just give an example. My, I'm wanting to serve my son in some way. And I ask a simple question. Can I fix you breakfast? What would you like? And the response is a very harsh, no, I don't want anything. And then there's complete silence. And I am left standing there. In those moments, I can take what has been said to me um, as hurtful or I can look at my son and question. That doesn't mean I have to question it out loud. I can question in my head. Okay, where is he at? Watch him. Really listen. How can I pray for him? Instead of taking everything that I just saw and heard personally. I think that what comes up for me in that situation is 
it comes full circle from everything we've talked about this season. Um, I think when when you ask someone a question and they respond in a hurtful way, it's very easy to go to the vulnerability piece and say, okay, well, I'm not going to be vulnerable with that person anymore because mm-hmm. that person is not showing loyalty to me anymore. Yep. And that makes, you know, the submission in our relationship, you know, that affects that, that affects the acceptance. I don't feel like I'm accepted in that relationship. It's just this cycle. It's a cycle that mm-hmm. is really hard to break and it's really hard to to have all the components of a healthy relationship when there's that underlying feeling of hurt. It affects everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm going to read in um, Philippians 2 out of the message. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4. The subtitle or the subheading of this passage is called, He Took on the Status of a Slave. Mm. And I just thought it was really kind of appropriate for what we're talking about today. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And so I think about that and how hard that is to do when you're feeling like someone has hurt you, when someone has rebuffed you know, your approach, um, your attempt at reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an upside down kingdom, right? That's what we Absolutely. say all the time about Christianity you turn the other cheek, you know, we forgive. What did they say? I forget. I, you guys 70 said, times. 70 <laughs> I yeah, forget I the math. So yeah. I'm an English major. I don't remember the math equations. <laughs> 70 times. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's from Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Nice. Look it up. Thanks girls. That's a good one. So yeah, I just, it's, it's really hard, but that's what we're commanded to do. And so if it's so hard, cause we think of all the things that come into relationships, all mm-hmm. the pride, that's where I went with this topic. I th- I start I started with brainstorming all of the problems with relationship. Mm-hmm. So I thought of pride. I thought of jealousy, of selfishness, of self-defense, of self-interest, all those things that we bring with us into relationship. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with all of that. I mean, we can't do anything with that in our own strength and in our own power. And that's why we need the Lord and we need his love to help us love others more it's just, it's real hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It it's is. so hard. It's a process. And we have to, we have to have that vulnerability to work through that with, with our sisters and with our family and with our friends. Yep. I think, um, it's harder with those that are closest to you than it is with people around you. Just everyday acquaintances. And in our day and age, we're seeing just acquaintances on social media who are, you know, displaying hurt and Mm -hmm. betrayal and conflict, all of these things, all of the time. It's just become a part of society. And Jen's uh, 
statement of this is we live in an upside down kingdom. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice we um, are faced with every single day. So I guess what comes up for me with that is how do we, oh gosh, how do we train ourselves? And it's not probably us, but how do we, how do we grow that mindset? Do you know what I mean? In our relationships? Well, I think that goes to that Colossians too. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, we, we have the tendency, I mean, we live in, let's face it, a culture where if you don't agree with me, I'm just going to shove you aside and I'll go find somebody else, you know, Mm -hmm. to fill that place. And in Colossians 3, he tells us, um, I'm going to back up to verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you all also must forgive. And that word bearing, I looked that up, and bearing means connection with and influence upon Mm -hmm. and holding oneself up against, putting up with, suffering. Um, You know, so we live in a society where everyone tells us, well, run away. If they don't believe with you, then have nothing to do with them. And that's the exact opposite of what his word is telling us. He's saying to bear, to bring, bring them closer. And that, you know, can only happen through forgiveness and I think we've already talked about, you know, the example that Jesus has set before us. I'm I'm sure his disciples betrayed. Well, we know they betrayed, they hurt, and there was, I'm sure there was conflict, and yet he never separated himself. I mean, other than going up to pray, which we all need to do. Um, But he continued to love them, sacrifice for them, and encourage them. And so I think that's a great example to follow. Deb, one of the Bible verses that that came up um, and leading into that forgiveness uh, was Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Um, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jen, when you asked about, you know, how do we get there? I think for some, it is continuing that walk in your faith and discovering daily, hourly, whatever it is, more and more about Jesus, who he is. He set the examples for us on how to deal with this. How many times was he betrayed? How many times was he hurt? Um, But he is the example of how to deal with that. And it goes so counterculture, mm-hmm. absolutely the opposite direction of what we are shown to do. And I'm going to say for myself that I could not see that until I got to a certain point in my faith through the grace of God, putting the right people in front of me, getting into his word. That was never, I was never going to understand that until I took the responsibility for walking that walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people start encouraging you to to get involved with a small group or to get into the word study, that's why. Because if you don't have that, 
you aren't going to have that foundation for understanding the difference on what the world tells us to do and what the word, the perfect word tells us to do. It's different. It's, it, it just is like <laughs> turning around in midstream going, going against the current. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the next step would be to adhering to what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. So another quote-unquote action step to take after you are immersing yourself in community of believers, immersing yourself in, in his word, it would be adhering to what he is telling you, speaking to you daily. So in the example that I gave earlier, it's in those moments, if I am feeling hurt, it is for me to say, why am I feeling hurt in this moment? What is going on inside of me? So it's acknowledging the feelings that are coming up for me, the thoughts that are coming up for me, and then it's surrendering them to him, knowing that he will be faithful to reveal to me if there is something inside of me that needs to shift. And then that opens the door for me to be more open, to be able to serve my son in a way that he needs to be served or love him in the way that he needs to be loved. And then in my experience, it's once that, once that um, circumstance is over, you better believe it that God's going to bring another circumstance along mm-hmm. that's very, very similar, probably with a different person, where he's going to say, okay, we walked through it there. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I even think, you know, as you talked about that, I, I, and I don't know where this is in the gospel, but when Jesus... Um, I, I don't know if he's teaching and the Pharisees come and they throw this woman at his feet and talk about how they, you know, you need to stone her because, oh, right. you know, and he took the time, Jesus took the time to kneel down and literally he was drawing in the sand. And, you know, I think about that time factor, how, you know, my mouth gets me into trouble with my husband, with my children. You know, I, I tend to retaliate with my mouth. And before I've really thought things through and, you know, Jesus is the perfect example of just pausing and not that he would have, you know, he he was perfect. I, I'm far from perfect. So, um, but just reminding myself of the time that he took to collect himself before he responded to Mm -hmm. the Pharisees. You know, I think that's a, that's something I definitely need to think about more often. Mm Mm-hmm. The part in Matthew that keeps coming up to me, so I'm shifting us a little bit to betrayal, um, is Jesus' response to when he know to Jesus' response in the moment of betrayal. Mm. And Judas had come up <laughs> and kissed him. And said, greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And I'm reading Matthew 26, verse 49, and I'm moving into 50. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. <laughs> wow. He still called him friend. Mm-hmm. Full knowing that that was his betrayer. And what do, what's our response? <laughs> what's our response when, when we think or feel we have been betrayed i'll tell you mine revenge yep 
that is what I want. <laughs> I want revenge. I would like to say I disagree with you, but that would be a lie. <laughs> I mean, in the Enneagram study that I've been doing for my type, it is my go-to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even things like bitterness come up for me. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Those yucky inner things that go real deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, like if I coincide those to even the word forgiveness, um, it's a walking out. It's a, it's not a one and done. It's going to be a continual process, you know, whether it's bitterness, whether it's, well, revenge can turn Mm -hmm. into bitterness. Um, it's going to be a continual walking out mm-hmm. of that working out of the Holy Spirit working that junk out of us to be able to stand in the forgiveness that we've already received to be able to release the forgiveness that we've received to others. Um, and I think that's another aspect of forgiveness that I know I haven't fully grasped but I recognize that not a lot of people do grasp that, well, I've forgiven them. Um, forgiveness is not a one and done when it comes to us as humans here in the flesh. It's a continual walking out because every single day we have to remember where we stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night in our Bible doctrine, yeah. it was all about our position. You have to remain in the position of justification. You have to remember that you've been justified. You have to remember that the forgiveness is there all the time. Are you willing to receive it? Hmm. If you are in that position all the time, then you're going to be able to release it and be able to give that to others. Hmm. It's not easy by any means. (laughs) But I think there's also freedom in knowing that it's not me, it's him. And then that will take me back, just like Jen said, this is a continual, because that takes me back to surrender. I have to keep surrendering to him so that he can release that stuff through me. So what's coming up for me now is the thought that Often when we have conflict or hurt, well, for me personally, it's real easy for me to point the finger at the other person yeah. and say, you did this, mm-hmm. you did this to me, you made me feel this way. When it's not necessarily about that person at all, it's about me and the inner stuff that's going on in my life and the things that the Lord wants to work out in my heart. Yeah. And so um, I, <laughs> I feel like in situations, especially like relational situations, the Lord has taught me that I need to do the opposite of what my natural tendency is. Yes. So that is something that I kind of cling to a lot in relationships. So when I am feeling hurt, my tendency would be to withdraw and uh, just kind of retreat, maybe go silent for a little while, maybe just put up some walls. And so contrasting that with the biblical way of responding to hurt in conflict. So 
I think we should talk a little bit about what the Bible says as far as what are the um, non-negotiables of relationship. Like what are the things that we are, are called to bring to relationship that are honoring to Christ, that are maybe against human nature, against our natural tendencies. Um, like for me, like honestly, you guys, it's the simple things like loving people well. Mm-hmm. Like when I am hurt, I don't want to love people well. Like this weekend, I was a little like annoyed with my husband a lot and I did not want to love him well and I did not want to be uh, I did not want to be a good wife to him and I did not want to hang out with him. <laughs> I just didn't want to be around him. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like I was mad necessarily. I was just I needed some space. Mm-hmm. Um so what does it look like in those in those times to still love somebody well? Like to me, it would be I just wanted to step back and do you know that's not what I should do. I shouldn't step back and put up walls. Um, so I think we should talk about those non-negotiables for a little bit. I agree with you. I'm gonna reveal a little bit of what I was hearing from you. The first step is to recognize what your go-to is. Yeah. So my go-to is the opposite. Mm -hmm. So my go-to is to retaliate and fight back, quote-unquote. So um, react instead of responding. Um, And so the opposite of that, what's coming up for me and what he had me actually study this morning is if my go-to is somewhat considered revenge, the opposite of that would be mercy. So what does mercy look like in my life mm-hmm. in the in a very similar situation when I'm not happy with my husband and I really want to lash out? Mm-hmm. I so identify <laughs> that. <laughs> Matthew 5, 5 mm-hmm. is the scripture that God gave me this morning. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so then I have to understand what meekness is, or either Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I have to understand um, what that is to be able to know how how to respond. So I looked up mercy, and it means compassionate, full of pity, acting consistently with the revelation of God's covenant, which kind of coincides with the whole, I mean, if I'm going to relate to your example, Jen, of husband, we are in covenant with our husband. So how do I act consistent, consistently within the covenant the way God is consistent with his covenant with me, am I displaying that same thing with my husband? So instead of lashing out for me, it would look like, and I've been practicing this, it would be in this, I I literally will say these things. In this moment, I so want to yell at you. (laughs) You say that to him. I do. (laughs) In this moment, I really want to lash out. Because I feel hurt or I feel angry. And so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. And I'm going to tell you that it's something that you said or it's something, it's somehow how you acted that 
that caused this within me. So you need to know that it's not about you. It is about me. And right now I can't figure it out. And I'm just really angry. So I'm just going to really what I'm doing is I'm processing what I'm feeling inside in a healthy way. In, in a way, because my husband would get, I mean, immediately he, he is feeling hurt because he has hurt me, right? So then it's a constant, okay, remember, it's, it wasn't you. That it was ju- I mean, you just happened to be a vessel that like, brought something to light within me that I need to see. So I'm not going to take it out on you. I know it seems really lengthy, but this is how God has prompted me. To, to, to be merciful and to display it. We had a very similar conversation in our house recently. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, there have been hurts over the years, and it's, again, this, maybe it's that covenant relationship that is probably the next most important to our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um and there's, there are struggles there and harboring hurts. Um, as much as I tend to want to <clears throat> give someone a piece of my mind when I am hurt, because mm-hmm. that is my go-to, I'm going to push back, fight back. Yes, you are going to hear from me. Although when it's my husband, I am like Jen and I go in and I put distance there. And so when you were saying, you know, recognizing I was doing that, and it's been a couple years of working through this process of going, okay, he did something, it caused me to feel this way, and then reflecting, but in that quiet reflection time, he uh, he thought it was an old pattern of me shutting down when I was just trying to process. And so the recent conversation was, all right, dear, there are going to be times I am processing and you have done something that triggered something in me, but don't be surprised if for a while it comes out me saying, you're an idiot, (laughs) and you did this, (laughs) so let me process it. And he has to accept that, because we're going to move through that, and that's kind of where I had to go with the hurt, so it doesn't escalate to a point where that communication stops. So Mm -hmm. I don't think he's an idiot. I really don't. (laughs) But It was just kind of a way of diffusing going... Dang it. Listen to me. The scripture that, um, another scripture that God gave me was Romans 5.20, where Paul is saying, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also must reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the way that I'm relating that scripture is in these moments of hurt when I'm wanting to lash out or take revenge for something that has happened to me, I am learning that I am possibly um, reacting internally this way because of some sin that is present. And do I want the reflection of my sin to be on this person? Do I want them to experience that themselves because I'm experiencing it internally? 
or do I want what has been already given to me? Which means where I should be standing, which is grace. Do I want to have them experience the grace that I have experienced and am experiencing? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, it's not like a, I'm really wanting to give a very simplistic step (laughs) but it really isn't that simplistic does that make sense it's 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 a very deep inward it's intentional you have to be intentional and it's very an inward yeah searching I know there's a scripture for that I don't think this is the scripture but when I was um kind of prepping for this the word forgiveness just kept coming up because I mean it did and I was led to the scripture uh, I think it's in John I have lots of scriptures written down but it's the the visual of Jesus washing his disciples feet Mm. and uh, that really it struck a nerve (laughs) with me not in a bad I mean like a convict it convicted me heavily because uh, number one I'm going to tell you I hate feet (laughs) And I, I just have this like issue Amen. with feet. I think it's called potophobia. It's real, people. <laughs> it's real. And so um, I think about, you know, he, Jesus, our Savior, was willing to get down on his knees and wash these dirty, disgusting feet of these disciples who would eventually, some of them, betray him and and turn their, and deny him and. Um, you know that you know jody talked about position before that's the position we really need to have um and especially i mean well with everyone not just those that we meet daily but or you know from day to day but those that we live with and those that we work with and those that we disciple with uh it's it's an expectation that he has for all of us to humble ourselves and accept forgiveness except the cleansing that he has for us it's hard mm-hmm. it's I'm not gonna lie it's hard there was a you know we were talking about our needs and, and what we need from each other and what I personally need and Deb what came up for me when you were talking was my need is to know that there is grace forgiveness and mercy for me when I have messed up (laughs) and when I started realizing how important that was to me then it suddenly became easier to put that back out there to others because they're no different than me Um, they want they want that grace they want that forgiveness they want that mercy so who am I to not (laughs) live in that so basically we're just really self-centered people Yes, we are. That's what yes, the crux of are. this whole is. episode is. Well, is you that did it's all say about, yeah. the very first thing yeah. you wrote down was pride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about me and yeah. how I feel and how I've been offended. Yeah. And I, I have been very convicted just in the little crazy study that I have done to prepare for this episode about everything that is so me-centered. It's me-centered. Mm-hmm. And how that is so opposite of the kingdom that Jesus represents 
and how we are called to put others first. And if mm-hmm. we really have, if we really have the heart of Christ, it is not about me. It is about how my behavior and my actions and my attitudes are, are making other people feel. It is about treating other people the way you want to be treated. It is about loving other people with the love of Christ, no matter what they have done to you, no matter how many times they have done it to you. It's or will do it or to you. will do it over and over and over. It is about my response to that. And yeah, it's <laughs> doggone it. Yeah, it's yeah. Yep. Uh, Amen. I mean, yeah. His commandment is to love. I mean, yep. love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, soul strength, and, and love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as yep. yourself. Yep. And, and there's another scripture that was coming to mind as you were speaking, Jen. I'm, I mean, I don't know where it's at, um, but it says that we, our old self is dead. Yep. We are now alive in Christ. Yes. So when, if we are alive in Christ, that means it's no longer about us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So That's really what Colossians. we've been talking about is how do we live out a life alive in Christ? And how do we handle these things in life that are going to come our way? The hurts, the conflicts that we're going to experience and betrayals that will happen. I don't think it's by accident that we talked about all of those other things in the episodes leading up to this, because no. those things, the vulnerability, the acceptance, the um, loyalty, those things have to be in place. You, you can't, and that's hard when you think about, um, you know, I've been hurt by people who I don't consider my best friends mm-hmm. or, you know, the people that are sitter- sitting around uh, the table with me. I but then you apply that example of Jesus Christ and that's where he gives you practice I guess I mean that's really what it's about is Mm -hmm. continuing to walk and and be um can't think of the word uh a disciple a follower just go on (laughs) Lord, bring it to memory. I think before we close, I have a scripture um, that he just brought to mind. Um, It's James 1, 23 through 25, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion, I believe. Is that what I'm in? Yes, I'm in the Passion. Um, Here we go. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessings in all that they do. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Not only today's episode, but our first season of recording Table 1025. Thank you all so much for joining us, listening. Um, It has been a pleasure to do this first season. And in the meantime, till we launch again in the fall, 
please feel free to reach out and give us ideas for topics, uh, if you're questions, curious, whatever. You can always shoot us an email at hello at table1025.com. I think we'll provide the link um, in the verbiage with the podcast. So please do feel free to reach out. Ladies, it has been a pleasure. And we did it. Yay. Amen. We've enjoyed being real with you today. Until we are together again, be creative and encouraging, helping others, and spurring on those around you. We look forward to gathering with you around Table 1025.